0: Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info@questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Uh, this morning we're going to take a look at <clears throat> uh, the the subject of worship, and we all are familiar. If you've been in church for any amount of time, uh, you're familiar with the uh, the idea. You come into church and you sit down, and you you pray, and you open up uh, with some songs, and 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 that's that's the way it should be. Amen. That's the way that we get our hearts in tune to uh, to the word that's coming, and, and we kind of get our focus off of. Distractions and things that are going on outside of this building, and and kind of get our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and and on what He has for us in the scriptures. Um, So, this morning, um, I want to just open with prayer and then we'll get into it. Father God, thank you so much for today, Lord. I thank you uh, for these folks who've come out, Lord. And um, Lord, you know what's going on in the hearts and lives of every person in here and the things that weigh on them, Lord. I pray that you would just. Help them in those things, Lord. And as they're here this morning, I pray that you would open their hearts, open our hearts to your word, and that we would see Jesus Christ high and lifted up in every area of our life, Lord, in the area of worship. And I thank you for this opportunity to be here. I thank you for this place that we have to to come fellowship every week. Uh, And I thank you for this country as we just celebrated our Independence Day. And uh, we know for sure that your hand was involved in the formation of our country. And that we had men who honored your word and who respected your word and, and respected that all men are created equal. And we thank you for that, that testimony that, that lives today. And, and uh, because of that, the gospel has gone out all over the world. And we lift up those saints, brothers and sisters in Christ, who are, who are gathering today in different parts of the world and un, under di- different circumstances and different government types and freedoms and lack thereof, Lord, but, but they're gathering regardless. And I pray that you'd be with them. You know where each one of them are today. I pray that you provide for them, give them strength, give them courage in their situations. And as they worship, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them and embolden them in the faith as, as us as well. And thank you so much. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to thank you for having me here, Brother Todd and uh, Brother Nick. I don't think Brother Nick's here, but they've been reaching out this week. And uh, thank you for the production team. Um, I wasn't going to do slides originally, but I thought, you know what? I should just do slides. You all have a, a good setup for that. So I, I turned them in yesterday. I supposed to turn them in on, like, Wednesday or Thursday, but they worked it out. Thank you so much for that, everybody. I appreciate that. And um, so, yeah, Todd and I, we, uh, I've been a, a registered nurse for 22 years. Uh, any nurses in the building here today? All right. Awesome. So uh, it's, it's, I thank the Lord for that. It's been a great... Um, just a great job to have over these last 20-plus years, uh, and it's such a blessing to be able to serve um, the community that way. I do, I major in pediatrics, I'm in the emergency room right now, but uh, it's just, it's, it's good to be able to, to minister there. There's a lot of ministering that needs uh, to go on that's required, a lot, of, uh, a lot of tragedies and things like that, that, uh, that really we can be there as believers, and, and especially in, in those types of settings. Uh, in the medical field to be able to, to give comfort and to, to pray for somebody, pray for situations. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. We're going to look at worship. And I just want to start off with a simple definition, very simple definition here. And that's worship is to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power. And we all understand that reverence is something like honoring and Uh, maybe there's a a position in reverence where we bow down or we uh, something like that Uh, and and I just kind of broke it down to a simple definition that says and, and kind of what I want to focus on this morning is that worship is a heart attitude which reflects our true devotion to our great God and Savior Jesus Christ which affects every interaction every thought ambition to the glory of God Okay, so I was, I was breaking this down with a friend of mine last week, and, and we were talking about, oh, this idea of worship that I've been kind of thinking about and, and just going beyond uh, the singing and, and the praise time, which, again, is, is beneficial and which is awesome. <clears throat> and really through the scriptures, um, the, the, the religion of the Jews was, was the, of the scriptures is a singing one. Right? You, throughout the Psalms, the, the children of Israel would sing the Psalms and one of my favorite portions of the Psalms is Psalms 120 to about I think 132. It's called the Song, the Psalms of Ascent, and it's been said that the children of Israel would sing those each of those Psalms as they're approaching uh, Jerusalem when they came, uh, and when they when the priests and when those went up into the temple, they were singing those Psalms. And um, you know, back in the Old Testament, back when uh, the temple was being formed and built, uh, you had uh, singers, right? You had instrument players. You had a whole uh, I, you know, I'm a player, and I love reading about that. But they, had, they must have had a whole room full of, you know, stringed instruments, guitars, 10-stringed instruments, all everything. So, so it's a singing religion is what we have. Amen. And, and it's good to sing all through our tradition uh, coming up in Christendom and, um, is, is singing, right, and singing the great hymns of the faith. And today there's new songs that are really catching on and, and stirring people's hearts. Amen. Uh, I mean, if I hear Maverick City's Gyra, man, it wrecks me. And it's an awesome song, and I'll play that thing for the whole eight minutes or nine minutes, however long it is. I don't care. It's, but it's an awesome song, and those songs are designed to, to again, draw us to the Lord and, and put our focus on the Lord, and I think they do that. Uh, but I was talking to my friend, and I was going, man, this idea of worship is like, and maybe I've, I've left it off a little bit and, and maybe disregarded, but worship is something that we do all the time, all the time outside of, of this building. The way I treat my wife, the way I treat my kids is, is worship to God, the way I... The way I drive is worship to God. Amen? I mean, we could have these altars filled with with that, and I'd be the first one here about, man, I need to, that's something that gets me, you know what I mean? We can be loving and kind in here, and then we get on the road, and we're just blazing around trying to, trying to get by, but, but again, stopping to thinking that worship is something that we do all the time, that we do uh, how we treat other people in our interactions, in our thought life, and our ambitions, what do we want to do uh, with this life that God has given us, and before we go into, you know, how it affects us as Christians, I want to just look at some uh, examples of misguided worship, so misguided worship, we're going to take a little stroll back into the Old Testament, if you will, for just a, a brief moment, oh, sorry, I forgot to start my timer here. And um, Exodus 20, you guys are familiar with Exodus 20, um, the first of the two Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? That's what God says. Uh, The second, thou shalt not make any graven images in the likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. So God here is warning Israel not to be turned to the gods of the inhabitants round about them. Right, and we're going to see why in just, just a second here. Uh, Deuteronomy 8: um, God is the Deuteronomy, if you know, is a second law giving. So Moses is giving uh, the law to the people again because they're getting ready to go uh, into the promised land. Moses isn't going to be with them, but Joshua and Caleb, right, two of the 12 spies that were faithful and gave a good report of the land, they're going to go into the land and conquer it. And Moses has given them all these instructions through God. God is giving these instructions through Moses. And he's telling them, um, he's, he's given them a warning against uh, misguided worship. Deuteronomy 8, 11 says, Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. A- and again, if you read uh, in between 11 and verse 19 and 20 I have up here, uh, he's going to talk about when you've eaten, when you've drunk well, when you've possessed the lands, when you've prospered in wealth and in possessions, when your cattle have have, have multiplied, and when your silver and gold have multiplied. They had the real deal back in the days, the coins and When you get all that abundance, don't forget the Lord thy God. Verse 19 says, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall perish. And why? The next verse says, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. So God is setting here the precedent against worship to any other God. To any other God. And there's a reason for that. Because in Deuteronomy 7.25, the chapter right before that, he's talking, he's giving instruction. When you go through the land that's currently inhabited by, right, giants and other people that the ten spies were afraid of. When you go in and inhabit those those places and wipe out those people, here's what you need to do. You need to, their graven images of their gods shall you burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee. So they had these idols that were made with silver and gold or plated with silver and gold. And very uh, pleasing and, and they want to take and he says lest thou be snared therein for all of it for it is an abomination to the Lord so lest thou be snared therein so, so snaring is, is what the Lord is, is warning against and, and to be snared is to be caught to be trapped right if there's hunters out there you guys set a trap or you set something you want to snare it you want to catch it you want to trap it from, from moving forward and we're going to talk about that a little more but I just wanted to point that out that, um, that there is some snaring involved big time when you go when you go into idol worship when you get into misguided worship and a couple examples here uh, Exodus 32 right the golden calf incident you guys remember when Moses was up on the mountain the first giving of the commandments and he's up there for 40 days 40 nights and the people are going where is Moses he's he's gone man make us make us some gods that we can worship right so they're misguided in their worship and Aaron, in a, in a moment of not thinking well, he tells him, "Okay, give me your gold earrings and your bracelets and everything," and, and he melts them all down and, and he makes the golden calf. Right? Moses comes down and sees what's going on, and uh, and there's a lot of of, uh, of recompense that comes from that. A lot of people died from the children of Israel because of that misguided worship. So, um, and then First Kings eleven four, Solomon. I mean, man, you can you can write a book about Solomon. You can you can do. Uh, series is on Solomon. I mean, he was the wisest man uh, that, ever, that ever lived, right? The Queen of Sheba came to visit him, and, and she was just blown away by everything that he had, his wisdom. He answered all her questions, and he was rich and wealthy. She said the half has never been told of, of all of his Solomon's kingdom, but yet Solomon, toward the end of his life, tragically, 11.4 uh, there says, when Solomon was old and his wives turned away his heart after other gods, verse 3 says he was married to something like 100 wives or something just outrageous, something that God never intended uh, and because of there's a snaring here. Um, so he, his heart was turned after other gods, Ashtoreth, Milkhorn, the high places for Chemosh, Molech. Anybody familiar with Molech? And if you read the Old Testament and you're familiar with Molech, it's just it's abominable what happened with Molech and the, the infant sacrifice that happened uh, with, by the pagans, by the heathens and in violation of God's Commandment, and here's Solomon, the wisest man, uh, given wealth and given wisdom by God, and he's sacrificing to this to this pagan god. Uh, such a tragedy. Um, he and he burned incense and sacrificed unto their gods. Says verse eight. Um, and God, what is you know? He was snared, right? Solomon was snared by his idol worship, by his misguided worship. And God rends the kingdom from Solomon. At that point in time, the kingdom is divided into two. And so that's a very tragic thing. His heart was turned away so remember lest thou be snared therein so misguided worship there and then second kings 18 4 i just had to point this out because i just think it's so interesting and tragic at the same time but hezekiah during the times of the kings and you have if you read through the old testament you have the kings that come up and some do evil in the side of the lord some do good in the side of the lord most do evil in the side of the lord but hezekiah uh, here starts off as a good king he does what's right in the side of the lord And that he removed the high places, right? And that's where idol worship took place, was in those high places. He removed the high places, he broke all the images down, he cut down the groves, and he broke the brazen serpent. You guys are familiar with the brazen serpent which Moses had made, right? Uh, And he had made it under those days. The children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan, and that basically means a thing of brass. Not very original in the naming, but. This was made in, in Numbers chapter 21. And this was hundreds of years later that they would kept this bronze serpent on the pole. And they were burning incense to it. They were misguided in their worship, uh, tragically. And they were, burnt and they were, they were doing the, the, the way of the pagans with that thing. And, and the, the real interesting thing is that, you know, that serpent in the wilderness, Jesus references in John chapter 3 when he's speaking to Nicodemus, if you're familiar with it. And he says... Jesus tells him, "Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And when I am lifted up, I will draw him and unto me." So, what a great, what an awesome picture and type of what that serpent represented was Jesus Christ being raised to the cross to die for the sins of humanity that all that look to him are going to live. Right? We have an old, there's an old hymn called "Look and Live." Anybody know "Look and Live"? It's a good hymn, and it's it just talks about it's all about that story. "Look and Live, my brother, live. Look to Jesus now and live." And that. Pull that serpent was taken and, and set up with on the high places with all the other gods of the pagans, of the heathen, uh, that God is warning them not to do, they do it. And so the reason I wanted to go through some of this Old Testament is because if you, uh, let's turn on our Bibles to First Corinthians chapter 10, if you will, First Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to quickly go through and see uh, a little bit about, uh, about this and, and why we're looking at the children of Israel. You know, they say Israel is a type of the church. In a way, and um, they didn't replace the church, but but it, you can look at it as a type. In First Corinthians ten, Paul, you know, the church in Corinth was a mess. If you're familiar with the with the situation going on there, and you've been through the books, um, it, it was a mess. It was the context of chapter ten is referring to eight chapters eight and nine, where there was meat offered to idols, right in the in the marketplace, and and some some people who were being saved out of that. Uh, idol worship that idol worship lifestyle that pagan lifestyle they were getting saved and coming into the church and they see that meat being offered to idols as as man we can't have anything to do with that it's offered to devils I, I can't eat it and other christian other people in the church christians are saying hey we have liberty we're free in christ to do whatever we want we're going to eat and you know get and and they had other problems with the lord's supper that they were some were getting drunk and others were eating well while while others who didn't really have the means were Kind of in another part of the church, so there was division, there was misguided worship going on in the church at Corinth. Okay. And there so 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 through 4, just kind of kind of, I'm just gonna kind of, kind of uh, brush through it and you can you can read along. But Israel basically 1 through 4 had all the benefits, right? They had everything. They had they had the God, the true God, uh, on them. That he was he was their God, they were his people. They had all the benefits, they were delivered from Egypt. Right, they're delivered from the, by the, from the Red Sea. From, uh, they heard the voice of God on the mountain, at the base of the mountain. They heard God's voice. They received the law. They received all the promises. They received all these benefits. Verse 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. And this is what I was referring to back in Exodus 32 with the golden calf. So there was an overthrowing of those in the wilderness other times as well. Now verse number 6 is very interesting. And this is kind of the part of uh, what I want to focus on right now is now these were our examples, says here, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, neither be idolaters as some of them, not commit fornication as some of them, nor tempt Christ as some of them neither murmur ye as some of them. And it goes on, and I kind of skipped through what happened after each one of those, as many of them fell after that and, and things like that. But I just want you to see that. That's, that those are the, the things that came from the Israel's misguided worship, was lust, idolatry, fornication, tempting Christ, murmuring, right? And verse 11 says, now all these things happened unto them for, in samples, and they are written for our admonition. Now, the King James uses two words, uh, example, Example sample and end-sample. An end-sample uh, is basically just a precedent uh, to follow and, and more along the lines of a human behavior going on rather than an example, which could be um, referring to more of an uh, uh, impersonal thing or non-human type thing. But anyway, uh, basically a precedent, right, to be followed. And an admonition is a warning, right? So these things were given to us, and Paul, remember, is talking in 1 Corinthians 10, 2, Uh, The Christian church, to those in the church age, to saints, and we're still in the church age, so this is to us, to look back at Israel and use them as as an example of what not to do, of what misguided worship looks like. And then if you want to look at uh, just a quick glimpse into uh, the Gentile world at that time, and, and even today, Acts 17 Paul is in Athens, you guys remember he's fleeing, the Jews are chasing him all over the book of Acts because he's preaching the gospel, people are getting saved and the Jews don't like it, they hate it, they hate him, they're trying to kill him so he keeps having to you know, get let down in baskets and, and fleeing in the night to, to avoid uh, death and he's in Athens now and he's kind of waiting around just killing time I guess before he, he meets someone for, for lunch or something but he's walking around Athens and he sees here, it says uh, the whole city, Paul says was given to idolatry he says here in verse 23 of Acts 17 as I passed by and beheld your devotions I found an inscription to the unknown God whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him declare I unto you so he's saying and he says in the verse before it you you Athenians you guys are very superstitious I mean you're going to set up you're going to make a god out of anything and everything you can if the wind blows and something moves you're going to call it a god because it moved and, and we couldn't tell why it moved so, along those lines. So, so there's some misguided worship going on there with, the, with, the, uh, with that people in those days. And that's what we're seeing today. And in, in Romans 1, I'm just going to quickly read this through you. But uh, to those in Romans 1, those who reject God's witness in nature, says, uh, he's referring to, Paul's referring to this says professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God to an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now, I remember back in uh, chapter in uh, the second commandment, God says, don't make idols out of anything, of things in heaven, things on earth, or things in the ocean, right? And here we're seeing Paul is just uh, corroborating what, what man is going to do, prone to do, is making gods out of four-footed beasts. And, and because of this, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creator, the creature, excuse me, more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So he's he's again just saying what man has done. They replaced true worship, so there's misguided worship from the creator to their worship in the creature, and however they want to make that. So he preaches the gospel to him in, in chapter 17. Right At the end of 17, chapter, verse 30, he's going to say, man, God commands all men everywhere to repent because he's appointed a day which will judge the world in righteousness by the man who he has appointed, Jesus Christ. So he's saying God has kind of let you have this space of time for you to kind of get it right. right? He's, he's let you go in your way that's false, that's misguided until the gospel comes and you have a chance uh, like Nineveh, right, when you guys know the story of Jonah. Jonah came, and, and God, that's God showing mercy to, to a Gentile, a pagan nation, Nineveh. And he goes in, and they repent. They repent and, and turn to God. And that's, that's our God is a God of mercy. Amen? Aren't you glad? So that's, that's what we're seeing here is he's saying man, God has given all men everywhere. He's commanding everyone to repent. And some mock from that. Some mock at that. They laugh at it. They go, oh, we're going to see this babbler again and whatever. And then some believe. Amen? Some believe from the, from the preaching of the gospel. And, and we are those who believe, right? Have you trusted Christ? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Then you believed, and you're part of, uh, the, you're a child of the new birth. You're a child of God. First uh, Thessalonians, so some believed. First Thessalonians, you guys just went through that with Pastor Sherwood. Excuse me, and it was awesome, the whole, the whole trek through First and Second Thessalonians. And in First Thessalonians, man, He's saying, you became followers of me and of the Lord. He's just just rejoicing in in their testimony. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad. How ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. Isn't that good? That how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. And that's exactly how God expects. That's how he wants you to go from a misguided worship to true worship. And that's us. Amen. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Now I capitalize trusted and believed because I think that's so important that that's that's on us to do. God commands all men everywhere to repent. Right? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's something that we have to... uh, judge within ourselves that, man, have I, have I submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ? Have I turned from idols to the true and living God? And now we are in Christ, and as believers, we have God's Holy Spirit. We have God's Word. Amen? We have the Bible. We have the Scriptures. And uh, I don't know if Brother Ron's in here, but, man, Brother Ron, he's got, he's got a Bible, right? I don't know if you've all seen it, but I saw it earlier. I thought, man, that's a, that's a Bible right there. It's like hardback, and it's taped up and everything, but Praise the Lord. I mean, it's, that's, that's what you need. And um, so we're going to look at what hinders, what hinders worship in the life of the believer, right? I mean, we come in here, and we have our, our time of, of song and fellowship, and, and, and that's awesome, and that's all in order, and that's proper. But what hinders uh, worship in the, in the life of the believer? And, you know, I got to ask, what is the greatest, um, the greatest hindrance to Christianity? And that would be hypocrisy, right? How I many guys have talked about try to talk about people uh, to people about the Lord and about coming to church and they say, "Oh, there's nothing but hypocrites in the church." You know what I mean? Or, or and that's sad and it's and it's true, but it's 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 a sad testimony. And uh, but that's not how it it was meant to be. And, but if you look at this, Jesus says this about the Pharisees in Matthew 15, right? When they start complaining about. Uh, his disciples not washing their hands when they eat and things like that because uh, they were so caught up in, in in the outward and keeping the outward appearances in, in the traditions of men uh, he says this people draweth near to me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips but their heart is far from me but in vain they do worship me right so it's it's possible to to give god lip service and to give god uh some sort of acknowledgement but, to be, but your heart to be far from him. And that's, that's misguided worship. That's not how it should be. Uh, he tells the woman at the well in John chapter 4, it's probably one of my favorite accounts in all the scripture. They're all my favorite accounts, but that's one of the, the most favorite. He tells her, God is spirit, and they which worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. So there must be uh, spirit involved, and there must be the truth involved. And the one thing I want to say about um, one of the things that hinders us is stagnation. I think stagnation is, is up there on the list with, with kind of what hinders our, our going forward. Right? I mentioned earlier that if you're snared, you're not moving anywhere. You're not going anywhere. That rabbit that you snare isn't going anywhere. Right? They're, they're staying put. They're, they're not going to progress. And same with us. There's no advancement. You're stuck where you're at. You're kind of going through the motion. That's the idea of stagnation. Right? When you're hiking, remember when you're hiking out there and you see uh, a little puddle of water and it's kind of nasty and filmy and, uh, you know, it's stagnant. And that's from there's nothing moving around. There's nothing moving through it. There's nothing uh, about it that's, that's bringing new life to it, if you will. Uh, turn over to Second Peter chapter 1, if you will, just for a moment. We'll go through these, this verse. And I want to, this, uh, this kind of came to mind as I was thinking about stagnation and things that, um, things that hinder our worship, things that hinder our day-to-day worship. Right, as Brother Todd had mentioned earlier, that we would just go from here and every day uh, worship the Lord through, through our actions, through our, in, our thought life, through our uh, ambitions, that we're doing things that, uh, that, that are in line with true worship. Second Peter chapter 1, I'll turn over there right quick. He says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through his, the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given us unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world that is in the world through lust. And amen, aren't you glad for that? How many have escaped the corruption of the world through lust? I mean, we're, this is to us. This is us. And, and we have such great, exceeding, great and precious promises. Verse 5 says, and besides this, so and besides being saved and being in Christ and, and having all these benefits and promises that we can stand on in the Scriptures, beside all this, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, put a little, little star there by abound. if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. but he that lacketh these things and this were, this is where stagnation would come into play. right He that lacks these things, right we're to be adding to our faith. So our faith is 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 supposed to be continually growing and, and abounding in the things like Uh, virtue and knowledge temperance patience godliness brotherly kindness charity again these things could all be broken down and spent a a lot of time on in in just getting to the bottom of all those right but that those are the things that we're to be adding to our faith but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins remember deuteronomy chapter 8 when you get into the land don't forget the lord your god right and we can take that again if israel is a picture of the church you know, when you, you get saved and maybe you don't forget God when you're, when you're, when you're multiplying in wealth, right? When, when things are going well, don't forget God, right? We, we don't forget God when things are going, going bad and we have a, a real pressing need. But when things are going good, when you're multiplying in, in the land or where you're at, don't forget the Lord your God. Because you can slip into, into, into stagnation, right? And just kind of doing the same thing right so and then verse 10 wherefore the rather brethren giving diligence to make your calling and election sure for if ye do these things ye shall never fail you shall never fall that's a good promise wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though ye you know them and be established in the present truth yea I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And I always love this verse because Peter's just, he's not saying anything new or saying anything that they haven't heard before, but he's just trying to put them in remembrance. Remember these things. Remember to add to your faith all these, all these, all these things. Remember to, to not get stagnant, right? Remember to, remember where you were saved from and what you were saved out of, right? And, and that's gonna help you, man, just praise the Lord even more all the time. You know, when, you, when, you, when the songs stop here, they, they shouldn't have to stop, and they shouldn't stop in your own heart and with you every single day. You should have just a playlist going that's just going to turn your attention to God, and it's just going to break you, and, and that's just going to, like, man, make you think about how the mercy of God, right? That's what the mercy of God can do. I mean, wow. I mean, those types of things. So that's remembering what you were saved out of. Amen? That keeps you from, from stagnation. So he wants to put you in remembrance, and he wants to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And that's, that's my prayer is, man, I'm here to stir you up. I'm here to get you to understand that, man, and just remember, right? I'm not trying to teach a new thing, or, but I just want you to remember and, and stir you up by way of remembrance that we serve an awesome God and that we're to be abounding in our faith. And, and a couple things on abounding I have here is I, that really stood out to me, uh, abounding, because we're to be going above even where we're at, how ye ought to walk. And to please God so you would abound more and more. That's 1 Thessalonians 4.1. I read through Thessalonians earlier this week and I thought, man, that's such a good theme. In that chapter alone, there's two parts I just read about abounding more and more. And then in 1 Thessalonians 4.10, he says that ye increase more and more. In verse 11, it tells you what you're to increase in. To, to study, to be quiet, to do your own business, to work with your own hands, to walk honestly toward them that are without. Right? You're not going to necessarily increase in riches and in and lands and things like that, I mean, you may be blessed in, in those things, right if you do business and you work hard there's certainly uh, financial blessings and prosperity that comes from that, and that 's certainly biblical and, 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 and a good thing, but we're really but will it, what we 're to abound in and increase more and more in is adding to our faith right is to be serving the Lord and to be a, a, a heart that is uh, true and genuine and pure before the lord and a couple of just familiar ones here. Uh, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only right They're again stirring you up by way of remembrance James one twenty two. 22 we are his workmanship created unto good works that's Ephesians two ten, and that comes right on the heels of for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it's a gift of God not of works lest anyone should boast then he goes on to say we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works so, so man just some such rich uh, admonitions here and, and encouragement for us and Jesus in Luke 2 says I must be about my father's business you guys remember that? So we must be, if he must be about his father's business, we must be about our father's his father's business. Or however you want to put that. But that's, that's what it is. And we all have a place and a role to fill within the body of Christ. And that's one of the things I wanted to really just touch on with this point of stagnation. That we really have a place and a role to fill within the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 20, and 27 says there's many members but one body. Right? Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. So each one of us, all of us, have a role to fill. We have a place to be. When when the, when the church doors are open here Sunday morning, um, there's there's needs, there's giftings that each one of us have, that each one of you have, that are unique to to you, and and your gifts, not not just uh, um, you know, physical uh, gifting or, or like a, to be able to sing or, or, or do something like that. But man, you can, you have mercy, you have helps, you have administrations, you have, there's all, there's a lot of gifts that are, that are mentioned in, in 1 Corinthians uh, and in Romans as well. But man, each of us have a place to be on Sunday morning and, and, and throughout the week and serving uh, the body, right? The gifts are given, Paul says in those chapters they're given for um for all for the exhortation and, and for uh, the benefit of all right not just for us our our spiritual giftings aren't just to kind of build up our our own relationship with Christ they'll do that as we exercise them but they're to be you know exercised among the brethren among among the church here so uh again so so that helps with stagnation and the second point is misalignment the second way that kind of snares us up i think is misalignment um I was driving with my, teaching my 18-year-old how to drive, and she's doing really good, and um, so, and I, I can, I can kind of handle, you know, a certain amount of stress or situations just from my job, but, um, you know, driving's kind of testing that a little bit, but it's, it's still going okay, but the other day we're on the 8, and we're driving toward Los Coaches, and, um, and she said, Dad, what happens if I, uh, I didn't tell my wife this, by the way, but she said, Dad, what happens if I take my hands off the wheel, and I said, oh, no, I was full of faith, I'm like, Go for it, you know what I mean? And so she just went, boop, and it kept going straight. Thank you, Carlo, in line auto on Greenfield. But but that's, when your car is aligned, you're just going to keep going straight, right? That's how it should operate, right, thankfully. So, and I was like, Woof, that was, that was close. But it, it worked, and she only went up to here. She didn't, like, do any of this. But, but misalignment, right, is being off course, is being uh, detoured, right? Maybe a bump in the road, that, that causes... Uh, misalignment in your cars right I'm certainly not a car guy but that that kind of thing you go potholes and things can probably get your alignment off um, so Hebrews turn over to Hebrews chapter 12 real quick we're kind of coming to the close right here and but misalignment is is you know things can get us also off track right uh, people you can get hurt you can get offended people people have gotten out of uh, of church of serving the Lord for 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 situations like that right and, and it, it's, it's unfortunate, and it shouldn't be, but, man, when, when each of us are, are worshiping, are, are not misguided in our worship, man, we're going to be treating everybody with a, a heart that is uh, pure before God and that is, is genuine, and the heart attitude I mentioned earlier, then things will, will, will work out as they're supposed to. Hebrews 1, chapter 12, uh, verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a call of witnesses Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. So so we realign, uh, so these chapter, these three verses right here, uh, I just kind of took and said, "Man, we can realign just by looking at this, these verses." And one of them is just laying aside sin. Right? We can lay aside sin. Can certainly get us off, off the course God has, has, has put us on, or God wants us on. Sin can trip us up. Sin can uh, can detour us, can snare us, if you will. It talks about easily besetting sins, right? And it doesn't it doesn't list those, but it's things like you know what easily gets in uh, to our hearts. Things like pride, things like envy. Things like jealousy, things like murmuring, things like, you know, bad attitudes that n- not necessarily everybody can see uh, until it really comes out. But but those kind of things are, are easily besetting sins that we need to lay aside. We need to, we need to throw off us. And then looking unto Jesus, that's one way to realign. <laughs> Consider him. Consider Jesus. Confess. That's why we come to God in confession and and First and, and 1 John 1, 1.9 says if we confess our sins, right, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's to the believer. That's to us. And some of us need to go, and myself included, like on a scripture diet, a diet of prayer and, and reading the Bible and just getting with God every day and taking time to, to align yourself and, and to make sure you're on the path God wants you to be uh, and reconcile with God and man, right? That has to do with confession. Uh, Jesus in Matthew 5, remember, he's talking about when you go to lay your gift at the altar, if you remember you have something ought against your brother or some, some deal going on that's not good, leave your gift and go reconcile with your brother. Then go lay your gift up. Right. So that's that's part of realigning and looking unto Jesus and, and considering uh, your heart, and your life, and then enduring. Right. It says that in verse three, uh, consider him that endured. Jesus endured contradiction of sinners. He didn't deserve anything he got. Right. He was Isaiah fifty three. He was like a lamb. Uh, Go into the shearers, right to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. Right, he took our punishment on him, and Jesus endured. We we can endure. The the Thessalonians endured, right? You guys remember from Pastor Sherwood, man, the Thessalonians were under so much tribulation and, and persecution that they thought they'd missed the rapture. They thought they were they were left behind because of all that's going on. And and Paul calms them and says, no, you it's you haven't missed anything, right? This happens when you when you serve the Lord. Second Timothy says. Um, all who live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. If you stand up for Jesus Christ, you stand up for truth and righteousness. You're going to get persecution, right? It may not be like other countries are, thankfully, right now, but but you're going to get some stuff, right? So we can endure for that. The Thessalonians endure. Peter's audience. We went through Second Peter, but in First Peter, Paul, talk, uh, Peter says these. His whole two books are written to those scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Right, so those saints who trusted in Christ were scattered in that first century. The first church was scattered because of persecution. So they were forced into, into foreign lands and other places. And, and Peter's keeping them in remembrance while he's in those places. So, hey, live for the Lord, worship the Lord in true, in, in uh, uh, spirit and in truth. And and the great cloud of witnesses, right, mentioned in the first verse there in Hebrews, we are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Those who have gone before us, the saints. Right? They endured, many of the saints, the way we have our scriptures, right? William Tyndale and, and, and those, those guys who really got the Bible translations going into our language. I mean, they, a lot of those uh, who stood on biblical truth were, were put to death for their truth. They were martyred uh, for, for the scriptures, for the truth. And so we could have it here today. Right? Our founding fathers, our, all these things that we have that, that, that afford us these freedoms and liberties, not only in this country, but in Christ, the saints that have gone before us. We, they endured. We can endure. Amen. And then finally, Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. I think this is just, again, just a great way to, to really get your heart aligned. And the Proverbs, are, are I think, are help with that every day. Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, right? Sometimes we just need to ponder the path of our feet, where we're at, where we're going, what we're doing. And let all thy ways be established. Forget, turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Again, that's one of those, those principles of, of realigning and, and, and not being stagnant. In, if you're in evil, get out of it. All right, Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, break off thy sins. You know what I mean? That's one way of just saying, hey, knock off your sin. Right? Knock off the pride. Knock off, come to God in confession and in humbleness and brokenness and he'll forgive you. And and why we do all this? Why we want to stay aligned? Is First Peter five eight says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour." And that's a very sober verse. Sober verse. The devil though can no longer take claim your soul. Aren't you glad for that? The devil can no longer touch your soul. If you've trusted Christ, you're a child of God. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Right? When you close your eyes in death, you're going to be with the Father immediately. Right? Death has lost its sting, 1 Corinthians 15. But, he, but the devil is going to do his best to hinder you. He's going to seek to knock you out of the race or to, to get you stagnant, get you caught in a rut. But that's not how it was, it was meant to be, and, and we have to guard against that. We have to remember these things. Uh, amen. And so worship, again, just wanted to leave you with this idea of worship being a heart. My notes here. A heart attitude which reflects our true devotion to our great God and Savior. Jesus Christ, which affects every interaction, thought, ambition to the glory of God. And I just want to end on this last verse here. Again, Jesus talking to the woman at the well. He says, but the hour cometh, and now is, that when the the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. The worship team is going to come up, if you could, and we'll end on a song. But I just wanted to say, if there's anyone here that, (coughs) excuse me, that you need to realign, or maybe in the quietness of your heart, you need to uh, consider maybe you have been stagnant a little bit. There's are some areas that you could, you could, um, you need that washing of the water of the word to, to come over you, right? And to cleanse your heart and to, and to kind of get you back into focus uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ and, and why He's put you here and the purpose uh, to which He's called you. Now, maybe you need to realign again, too, because maybe, uh, maybe you got off course, maybe something's bumped you. Uh, out of the race you're on the sideline you're stuck in a rut and maybe it's a a hurt or something that has befallen you but you know what we can we can overcome that the Lord Jesus Christ can can heal us can can strengthen us can can lift us back up he's a God of second chances right I, I mentioned Solomon earlier but you remember David right you remember what he got caught up in he got caught up in sin he was charged with adultery and murder Right? and God restored him. Right, look, Psalm fifty one is, is is his prayer of confession. God can God can heal you. God can use you. God can can lift you up. He can cleanse you. He can get you. Uh, if you're stagnant, he can he can he can just man clear that thing up. Get you get you a, a free flowing clean brook again today, amen. And if you're misaligned, he can he can get you back in alignment. He can help you. He's a he's a master healer. He's the, he's a great physician. He can do it all. There's nothing our God can't do. Amen. Thank you guys so much for for having me today. And and I pray that we go from here uh, just better worshipers uh, of the true and living God. Because we have such a great God
0: to worship and to honor. Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.